Hey, everybody. This is Mel and Brooke from Mom's Art 2. Okay, before we start the episode, stop listening right now and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to watch us make a fool of ourselves, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Mom's Art 2 and get video episodes each week. All right, on to the show. (laughs) (laughs) We are just two moms in search of inspiration. While creating questionable comedy. Mom's Art (laughs) 2. Silly. I'm ready. Wait, am I recording? Are you? I'm recording. I know, right? I'm recording and I'm recording. One, two, three, bitch. I'm getting better. We'll see. I mean, we don't know actually until I go after you leave and go in the other room and edit a bunch of this stuff. But if this works, Brooke, like this changes everything that I have a complete setup that is just you go. You just take it and you go and you shift and you go and now it's all set up. And you shift and you go and, and you, you take it and, and you go, go and, and don't forget to go. I'm not a good rapper. It's fine. No, I'm not um, either. I rhymed everything with go. Captain poops and captain poops. No. And boots, 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 boots. What is it? If you say boots and pants, boots but and you pants only pants. say the consonants. We do this every, every five or six episodes. We this, try to beatbox. <laughs> with the same boots and pants. <laughs> uh, we white. have Mark Gross on the show today. Wow. I know. Can we talk about how much fun we had with that? I know. <laughs> I'm excited. Now, don't mind the video on this. This is when we're we're getting into, obviously, we're getting into video production. This is the last episode of the month of March, starting April. Y'all, if you subscribe on YouTube, you get all the videos because we're doing this amazing setup. It's now. We're moving to the next level, bitches. So Mark's is the uh, test for all of our regular video episodes, and I'm still learning, so it's kind of wonky, but the audio is going to be great, so you're going to really enjoy the episode. Yeah, the audio, if you're listening, is always going to be fantastic. Well, unless we just fuck it up, but I mean, we're doing our best. However, the video content, we will you'll you'll get to like work through it with us yeah. as but you watch. But it's really good now. I feel like it's really good now, and this is, we're turning it well, into- Well, the video a- quality, I just mean the editing part. I we're know. that was we're gonna we're we're all gonna have that figured out. It's but. going to be our late night show format as we wanted, and uh, we're excited about it. <laughs> I'm excited about Mark Gross though too because I've been friends with him since I was like 19 years old. Um, so we've been friends for five years, and um. <laughs> Do you like my tree? I have to dust it's it. It's just Is in it too my much mouth. On you? Okay. No, it was like I I went here and it was like in my oh, mouth. Oh, I have to. It's not real. I have to dust it. Are oh, you get a real one? I don't want to water it. It's fine. <laughs> It'll die in here. It'll die in here or outside. Uh, yeah. Um, but he is like he he's very modest and stuff, but he is very, very, very high up in the food chain. Why don't you just say who he is? Mark Gross Gross, is an executive producer, showrunner for Mike and Molly. Um, he was on contract with CBS. He is been working in the industry, started as a comic. Anyway, he will tell us all about his story, but he is somebody who, if you are interested in getting the getting into the industry and it isn't necessarily as an actor or you have a passion for writing, this is the episode that you're going to listen to because he's going to actually give you, especially in the bonus episode, he's going to give you a path forward. What you actually have to have ready so that when your luck comes, you're ready to go. And I think that is huge, huge. And he's funny. Yeah, he's funny. Like dry funny. Oh my God, can I tell you something? You better. Okay. 
I got one of the best things I've ever purchased other than my Jeep. I got a new pooper scooper. And it's fucking awesome, Brooke. For your dogs? For my dogs. I was using, I go around with a bag around my thing. That's what I do. No. That's what I use my plastic bags for from the grocery store. Yeah. Poop it's bags. To pick up Where poop. you put the poop after that then? Just in the garbage? Yeah, I tie it up going. in the bag. Yeah. And then yeah. throw it in the trash. I got a pooper scooper. And the one I had before was like a rake one. And I tried to use it and the poop just got all smeared in the rake. And then, because they poop on a cement run on the side of my house. And it just was fucking stupid. And so I got one that is a flat, it's like a, like a scraper. And so if your dog is going to the bathroom on cements, right, then you, which you should do anyway, if you're walking your dog, you absolutely can walk your dog in the street. I'm telling you right now, they will get used to it and they will poop on the side or on the street and pee on the street. And it is way easier to pick up. Um, I don't take the pooper scooper with me on walks, but I'm just saying, walk your dog in the street. It's way easier. Anyway, so I go out there and I clean zip, 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 zip into my little pan. And then I dump it into a, the bag that's over the little trash can that's back there. Can I it put a disclaimer what? on walking your dog in the street? I happen to live in a neighborhood where there's not a lot of lights. Oh. And sometimes I come home at night and there are people walking their dog and they have, they're wearing black. Well, that's and they're walking on the street. And so, if you're going to walk your dog on the street, especially at night, will you please have either some reflective gear on or or even like a like put your flashlight on on your phone so when you're walking, we can see that there is light. Yeah, just want to put that out there because get a vest for your dog, like a reflective vest. I think that's yeah, something even on yourself, just on yourself, even. Because then we'll know yes, that somebody's you're in there. the damn you're street. Get, and you're supposed to walk against traffic, by the way. It doesn't matter. You need to have some sort, whichever way you're walking. It's dark. Nobody can see you. Yeah, but you I've can almost see the cars. hit people. That's on them. Like if you take them out. Or on point, me. On them. <laughs> no, it's not on you. Yeah, it would. If you hit someone and they weren't wearing good 100%. outfit. Well, you'd you go to jail. I'm not trying to go to jail. So put on some reflective gear, okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to go to jail. <laughs> Don't rule my life. <laughs> but you know what's gonna not ruin your life this episode and a news pooper scooper well put the link in the put the link in somewhere I will I wherever will. our producer who's fabulous at copy puts our links yeah alright on to the show Woo! let's do it yay hi Mark Rose Hi. How are you? I'm doing you well. Thank you. Your Coca-Cola oh, can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh and zero. it's like Coke Zero. Coca-Cola. Are you on a keto situation or are you I just... am not. I just I don't know why I quit drinking sugar. I think it you know when you quit drinking it, then you can't stand to drink it again. Yes. Yes. That's what that's what If I have a regular Coke now, I feel like it's like, zzz, zzz, like That's what like I mean. Fizzing in my teeth. Right. This is Mark Gross. Mark Gross is a stand-up comic, executive producer, showrunner, family man. Longtime friend, twenty five years, I think, or oh, something. Man. Yeah, I know. Gamer. We were like nineteen, which is so weird, right? Yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> wait, how long have you known each other? Twenty five years. Oh, so you were like five. Yeah. Yeah. So I already did that joke, so you can't like do it again. I didn't That's hear. Fine. I wasn't listening. You're to right. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Mark Rose is a very, very close friend of mine, family, if one would say, and uh, he is incredibly successful. Not only is he lovely and kind and a beautiful human being, but he is at the top echelon of working in the industry out here in LA. So it being our industry episode, he was kind enough to take time out of his running skiing schedule mm -hmm. and family video game playing schedule to come and sit with us. So thank you very much. For thank you for us. having me. I'm a huge fan of the show. I thoroughly enjoy it. And I mean that not just because I know you guys. <laughs> Yay, it's a great you. podcast. It's, it's fun. You guys are fun. Well, Why good. wouldn't I want to go somewhere that's fun. fun? It's fun. You know what I mean? um, so we have you on the show because there's a couple of reasons. One mm. is how, and I don't know if I actually know this story about how you actually got started in stand up. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that that's, that's sort of a life thing that they've always sort of dreamt about, but mm -hmm. they would never even know where to begin. And the fact that you made the transition from stand-up into actual TV writing, into showrunner, executive producer of Mike and Molly, and are, am I allowed to say names of things? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, and so many other things, including the things you've been working on recently, mm -hmm. that I want to kind of figure out your path and then how you balance it all. Okay. Um, so how did you get started? This is Brooke. Yes, we yeah, we just had dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yes, thank you, thank you for having me. Um, it's uh, you know, I guess when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys ever felt this way. Nope. But for me, when I was a kid, I was going, why would anyone want to do anything other than being a step? Like I couldn't believe. I go, yeah. why are people working any other job? <laughs> like a guy would come to fix our gutter and I'd be like, why are you not doing stand-up comedy? You know what I mean? Like I thought people <laughs> were bananas. It's a reasonable question. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, uh, narcissistic or what, but no. I, I just couldn't believe that anybody would, you'd be nuts to want to do anything else for a living. So, you know, when I was a kid, I would, I would watch Carson, Johnny Carson a lot, and my parents would go to bed and I'd sneak in there and watch it. And I was, I was relieved. I was like, oh my God, there's a job for me, like, that's my thing. Like, it was mm -hmm. a relief because I go, I'm different. There's something, I don't know where I fit into this world. Then I saw that and I just immediately, you know, I go, oh, my God, that, what a relief. That's yeah. it. That's what I want to do. And then, again, I couldn't believe that anyone wouldn't want to do it. But there's people who would rather do anything but this. Yeah. Which I don't get. Why would anyone not want to be in the industry? I don't know. But um, but that's the way I was when I was a kid. Now I'm older and I'm like, oh, I get it because it, it sucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it does. It's horrible. horrible. It's soul-sucking. <laughs> Um, it's just challenging. No, it's everything it is, is a, it, it's everything's up in the air. There's it, you never feel like there's a solid security, right? Yeah, your your creativity is what's driving it all, and you just hope it works out. But isn't the uncertainty part of the, the fun? Yeah, like when you wake up in the morning, your anything can happen. Like yeah. I feel like when you wake up in the morning, oh my god, anything can happen today. But when yeah. I grew up, I'm from Nebraska. When I grew up in Nebraska, I was like, okay. Two things can happen. You know what I mean? I'm it gonna, can be cold. It can be cold, or... and then I'm going to die. Those are the two those things. Two things. <laughs> those are the two things that I have to look forward to. Uh, you know, frigid temperatures and and the ultimate uh, the dirt nap there. But um, but I, I it's exciting to me. And it's fun, and it's the possibilities. So anyway, so I just fell in love at an early age, and I just was always writing in my mind. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, I didn't know what I was doing, but I. Later figured out, I go, oh, all those things when I was doing my paper out and I was coming up with, you know, thoughts or ideas or writing stupid short stories or, you know, rhyming yeah. funny things, whatever. That's, it, was, it all leads to where, to where I ended up going. So, so how did you take the step into actually, you saw Carson, mm -hmm. which has inspired so many people. 
And you've actually been on the Tonight Show. I have, which is a huge fucking deal. It was, well, by the way, it, it was. Is. It was my thank you. It was my like when I was a kid. It's a, first of all, I don't think in the industry. I just tell people don't set specific goals. Like don't go. I'm gonna do the Tonight Show, which I did that. Yeah. But then, I, which was stupid because you can't control. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone might. You what not? To. Yeah. Like I did it. And I, I got on. I did it, and it that. worked. Don't make it that way. Don't do that. That was my goal, but it's it wasn't looking back. It wasn't the right goal i should have been like i'm gonna be the best comic i can possibly be that yeah. should have been my goal yeah because you can't control how you're Other going to be perceived you, right yeah. the executive producer going hey you remind me of uh this asshole that i went to high school with i'm not putting you on the show or whatever yeah, you know yeah. what i mean anything like that can happen so it's it's so i always just go enjoy you have to enjoy the process and the journey that's mm. the most important thing because then you're never disappointed right yeah you, that success is is just being the best you can be within your your means, but um, but I, you know, luckily I set that goal and I, I fortunately achieved it. But but you did you did stand up for a really long time, mm -hmm. and I think even when I met you, you were doing it for a, a while, only a few days. Yeah, because we're still young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I forgot about yeah. our age. Yeah, you were telling yeah. people. Um, but when you started, you were doing uh, stand up. You were a road comic, mm -hmm. and you were even. Were you still doing like Yoder gigs, or were you like? Yeah, it's funny. We're talking Yoder gigs. People yeah. are going, oh, Yoder gigs. But it's no, like, but Yoder, gig, Yoder gigs basically yeah. are, you're either a road comic where you're doing really nice rooms like Cleveland or- Week-long clubs. Or week -long right. clubs. Yeah. Or as you're starting out, sometimes you'll get a Yoder gig, which is Paul Yoder? Is he- John Yoder. John Yoder. Um, oh, nobody's watching. It's fine. No. It's <laughs> he's fine. probably dead, right? No, he's still alive. Ah, shit. In fact, just, I'm never going to get a Yoder gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you do these shitty, shitty ass rooms because you just need the work and he gives you work. Mm -hmm. And so you go from Yoder gigs to, you know, doing uh, big clubs for a week or you go from your first four years where you're still wearing like a, a jacket and a t-shirt, mm -hmm. right? Like a suit mm -hmm. coat and a t-shirt. And you're like, oh, you're within your first four years. It's great. Now we know when you're going to be funny. Mm -hmm. It's after the first four years, by the way. I think that's for everything. I think so too. You got to put in really? your 10,000 hours. You do in everything, no matter what it is. I think I everything takes four years to get good at. So we but, have two more years. Oh, fuck that, Brooke. I'm like getting old. This. It's like, fine. we need to hurry up. You guys have been doing this longer than that. You just haven't been recording it the whole time. That's right. That's the way I'd look sure. at it. Sure. That's yeah? the way you look. Yeah. We've been doing it in our, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. It's true. Thanks. I you won't guys, throw your, myself off the roof. Your tonight. chemistry <laughs> developed from just talking and just like, and then you figured out, oh, That's why, true. why don't we record what we're saying and, yeah. and make some and money? And no one will listen. It's, no, I know. It's no. Well, we don't really do it for anybody else. We really that's kind do of the that's point is yeah, we yeah. do it for ourselves yeah. too because it's about us being inspired mm -hmm. by people like and you. That's what to... makes it organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but so when you started doing stand up, mm -hmm. how did you get to the point where you were getting into clubs? Do you remember that process of like, I'm going to be a stand up and how do I book? Yeah, I I was I started doing um, stand up when I was I stole my brother's well I borrowed my brother's ID <laughs> and I entered a comedy competition. You don't know this about me. No. When I was uh, which is weird because I thought we know everything about yeah. each other. But um, I was I think I was eighteen or nineteen maybe, and there was a comedy competition in Lincoln, and so I entered it and I used my brother's ID and I got in there and it was at this club. I don't stooges i think was the name of it doesn't That's matter right. it was in lincoln nebraska and i entered i had no idea what i was doing and i was horrible and i was How a prop act it was like 
like five or ten minutes, I think, is what you had. Okay, and I was I was I was horrible, but I didn't I didn't care. And you know, you learn obviously you you learn as you go. But I I did that, and then I was like, uh, I knew that's just that's what I was going to do. So I did that, and then I kept trying to you know get on stage anywhere I could. I entered college comedy competitions. There was a Doritos comedy competition when I was in college, (laughs) and I won it. Not to. Blow Look my own horn. Yeah, I won the Doritos comedy competition when of Nebraska. <laughs> I, I know. Say, don't yeah. tell all your secrets. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I won a year supply of Cool Ranch Doritos. You did not. I did. Did you well, take it I, up on it, or did they never? No, no. They he, they sent you it. They sent you it. Here's how it works. Because you're always like, "What's a year supply?" So they mail you this box, and they were individual those like party size yeah. bags of Doritos. And I was super poor. I was like, a, I was a waiter and I was going to college and I knew I wanted to, but I, I, there was a period of time where I got fired at my waiting job and I, uh, and I lived off those Cool Ranch Doritos. And if you brought a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos in here, I know to open it, I would physically be yeah. nauseous. I was going to say, off. it's a particular person to like either the Cool Ranch or the original. Right, it's, so it takes a type of really person. Now, particular. Those Cool Ranch are really particular. Did you find recipes with those Cool Ranch? Like, did you add did black you beans, or did you? I was broke, so I would have a glass of water out of my sink, and then oh. I would eat Cool Ranch Doritos out of the bag. And it's I, I won't even walk down the grocery store aisle <laughs> with Cool Ranch Doritos now because if I in case he I hisses look at them, at them. <laughs> I I can't tell you how much I hate Cool Ranch Doritos, but I'm grateful to them because they got me through some, like some lean us. times. Yeah, I, I felt um, it. I yeah. can understand. Thank you. So, anyways, I'm. It was clear. That's anyway, so. I, yeah, I, I do not like Crunchyroll anymore, but I'm grateful the for end. it. Good so night, everybody. Don't eat Crunchyroll. No, but and then I uh, then I started not graduating from college. I I think I took the LSAT because my parents. No one graduated from college from my family, so it was yeah. a big deal. And I think my parents wanted me to have a. You know, my family are all, I'm the, the dumbass of the family. Like my brother's an astronomy physics guy. My sister's, everybody's very, my brother discovered a star Shit. as an undergraduate. Did he but, name it Mark Rose? No, it's it's kind of a, it's like really just a series of numbers and letters is oh, the, the truth of that. So Science. anyways, but, um, but they're all very smart. And so I think they had hoped, I think your parents want you to be safe. You know, yeah. like his parents were like, yeah. we want our kids to be safe. My daughter wants to get in the industry. And I'm like, you're torn because you're like, yeah, go for it. But you but had you known how hard it was going to be. Yeah. And so I think that's where my parents were. And and so I, anyways, I took the LSAT, but I knew I wasn't going to go. And then I I loaded up my car and I went to, uh, on a route of one-nighters from uh, people that were like John Yoder-ish. There's yeah. a million John Yoders in the country. Love it. And um, it was the uh, Rushmore Comedy Tour. Yes, it was. Through the South and North Dakota. I started in Minot, North Dakota. And I, I just got in this car and my mom was there and she shut the trunk with all these groceries she stuffed in there for me. And she started crying. I'm like, why are you crying? I'm like, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. But she was, she was like, later, years later, she was like, well, I knew you were gone. You know? Aww. Yeah. So anyways, but then she was right. I never talked to her again. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, that's not true. So I drove to mine it and I got my $100 for that first night and I sucked ass. But the guy was like, you're gr-. like, he was, he was pleased with what I had done. And yeah. I was like, really? All right. And then I just kept doing those one-nighters. And then at some point as a comic, you do these one-nighters and it's not an ideal audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. As as artists, we like to present to the, the right audience for our product, yeah. right? I don't. I never think, like when I'm creating a show, I always tell people, I go, don't alter your, I'm supervising these kids. I say kids are in their 30s, but I'm supervising the show for these kids now. And I go, don't alter your product for one buyer. Don't alter your product for this studio or this mm-hmm. network. I go, let the audience find your product. That's what great comics do. Yeah. That's why Dave Chappelle, that's why yeah. Brian Regan, they didn't yeah. go, well, I better change my act for this audience so I don't suck tonight. They went, I'm, this is my act. And if you yeah. don't like it, kiss my ass. And he, they waited till the audience found their product. 
And that's yeah. actually, I think, what you need to do. And, and the same with one-nighters. You, you're getting this audience that isn't your ideal audience, but you need the stage time, which right. is very important because it builds confidence. And you get to the point where you're going, I don't, it's okay if I suck because I know who the hell I am. Yeah. And I know I'm good. And of course, I'm going to suck at this bowling alley, you know, and there's well. death <laughs> rooms like that that, you know, I've done. And but <laughs> we would do well in a bowling alley. I yeah. picture a bowling alley. <laughs> that's so, our only gig. Like I, I grew up in a bowling alley, yeah. so I'm I'm picturing those folk, and I don't know. We I get feel like people. I can get there. I mean, but it's if whatever you're trying to if you're trying to get to the Tonight Show, you're going in a weirdest way because yeah. the people at the bowling alley yeah. do watch the Tonight Show, but you're you're not going to impress the producers yeah. to put you on. So it's a weird trade you make. Yeah, yeah. You it's know? more about working the material, right? Exactly. It's more for you than them, right? And you have to yeah. be yeah. willing to stand there and die a thousand deaths and just go. And look at the audience and like, all right. Do you do that? Do you stare at them and wait for them to laugh? I I did at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd just be like, all right. And then I would always take the beat. I, w- I started tapping my foot for my rhythm to go, okay, this is where the laugh would normally end. Do your next joke. Nice. Have you seen the mesothelioma commercial? I have not. Wait, what? Mesothelioma? Maybe. The, old, the, old, the woman who's like, call for the free book oh, and yeah. receive so much more. And her husband's like, <laughs> he, he turns and has like the like the Vietnam hat on and he's like Mur. I feel like those are the people that you were right. talking oh, yeah, to yes, exactly uh, right. you had that beat where it was like yeah. wait, you're waiting wait, it's such a wait no one? Am I the only one? No, okay. I haven't She's seen, seen it. it. But. Okay, good. I know. Anastasia, the producer, is here. She's lovely young. She's seen my mesothelioma commercial. Have you ever realized in a moment of boredom that you need to have a new furry comforter right now? Well, I have. And that's why I love and I'm so grateful for Wish.com. They have everything from kids clothes and face masks to hair extensions and Jeep Wrangler accessories. They have vampire teeth, string lights, and plant seeds. I was skeptical at first, but when I found my much-needed outdoor shower bath tent and women's travel urinal, I was sold. Just make sure to look at the reviews with photos before you buy. Wish items may take no less than 48 days to arrive at you or your neighbor's door. Ugh, I love Wish.com. So you went from uh, doing the Yoder gigs, Yoder the, gigs. The, night, the nighters, to getting into major clubs. How I, major clubs? Well, I, I reached, mean, they were, yeah. though. They were, I know. Yeah, improvs and whatever. But, and that's rude. where I met Mel. She was a waitress in the improv. But the, you re, here's a very pinnacle, very pivotal moment, I should say, in my uh, in my I go, I was at this one-nighter with this guy. I'm not going to say his name. doesn't matter. No one will know who he is anyway. But he's one of those one-nighter guys. Like, that's Mason. No. Sam Griesbaum. Okay, never mind. But forget that I said Sam Griesbaum. <laughs> Because he's a nice guy, but he would wear this cowboy and he was very, and it was like, that was it. Like, that's where he was going to go. And I saw it and I was like, this guy's killing in these one nighters in these small towns at some bar because he's a character, but he's not like I go, I realized it was started to damage me. Like I go, I am getting stage time, but this isn't going to get me to where I want to get to. So I remember I was having Sam got done and I I ate it and Sam murdered and we're sitting there and I go, you know what? I go, I'm not doing any more one nighters. I'm taking like Ken Muller gigs off my list, which was another John Yoder yeah. guy. And he goes, well, I could say that too. 
big deal. Who are you just saying that? And I go, no, I'm really doing it. I'm not taking any more. And it hurt for like a year. Like my booking, my calendar was like, and it was lean times and I had student loans and all this bills. But I went, I knew that if I stopped doing those, I gambled that I would just be doing clubs. And sure enough, the next year, my whole calendar was filled up with clubs because if you go, you have to at some point walk away from the sure thing and gamble for the for the next step. Otherwise, level you up. never move you up. Have exactly, to up. you got to do it. So I quit doing those and and I just did clubs and and people like Sarah and I were hugely instrumental in me. Uh, you know who booked the a lot, improvs on a bunch of them. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and it ended up being the right move. But you know, I knew that I wasn't going to get anywhere going the doing the other thing. So you got to make the take you got those out chances. Of your comfort zone and said, you Hell know, yeah. I'll suffer for a minute. Yep. And- that's true, though, man. You we start to get comfortable. Not only that, but you get so scared to take that next step. And it's like, no, you just got to. Sometimes when you quit that server job because you want to be an actor, mm-hmm. it makes you fucking step it up. Absolutely. Right? And it also opens the door for those other things to come in. You, like, clear the space. Especially if you're eating Cool Ranch Doritos oh, and tap water. Good times. You're, like, driven. The cloudy yeah, tap right? water. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Where you wait. Concerning. Idaho you wait for water. the you wait for the cloud <laughs> to settle so oh, trick yourself into thinking it's clear fresh water if you just wait long enough and it doesn't and look it like settled. milk. Like it's full that was of vitamins yeah. and minerals. Is I it? thought that was what that was just <laughs> me when it? I was growing up. I would wait for it to settle and then have it next to my bed, thinking yeah. that it was ready. It's oh, ready. I waited for my water to be ready. I know, isn't that creepy? It's like it's not like you dipped an Alka Seltzer in there or what something. The That's just the straight up water. <laughs> Yeah, I guess this. Oh my god! Since I don't see the milky thing, it doesn't exist <laughs> it doesn't anymore. Exist. It's not going I can't into my body. I live like I, there's I so know. many things that come back. It's like trauma. You know how when you like get hypnotized yeah. and you've had trauma, and these things sometimes come back to you, and you're like, oh, I can't oh. believe how like fucked up my life was, or why I justified those mm-hmm. things. Right, because they were normal. Years later, yeah. Jesus. Oh my God, my, um, my pastor was a drunk. <laughs> no wonder why I liked him. Yeah. Maybe smell like vodka. <laughs> I did have a lot of teachers in high school that smelled like Same. vodka. Did you? Yeah. Same. I think if I was a teacher Good in high for them. School, Miss Shaughnessy. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, wow. Well, Miss Shaughnessy. Shit. She was drunk every day. Had, was that a real person? Oh, and she smoked no, like this. Not. It was like Marge shot. Really? Yeah. She was like serious. <gasps> and then when she, it was Ash Wednesday and she had the cross on her forehead, we were like, duh. Yeah. She didn't go to church. She yeah. was like, well, I'm in the car. I'll just make it on it. It's a cigarette. With my 65 yeah. butts in yeah. here. I'll exactly. just use this old gold. That's the other thing. We used to smoke in the car. Back when Mark and I knew each other way, way, when we first met, I was a smoker. Mm-hmm. We all were Same. smokers. Mm-hmm. I won't mention that Mark was a smoker, but we yeah. were all smokers. I loved it. And we would just smoke in the car with the windows of closed. Yeah. Hell yeah. Both places. I would yeah. get out of the shower, and my favorite cigarette was right out the shower with my coffee. <laughs> oh my nice. <laughs> Clean and like as I was, and my mine hair. was after I exercised. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Mark Gross, can I tell this story? Yeah, like, anyone. I don't, I don't care. There's a lot of them, but Mark Gross used to. We would be up drinking until. 6 a.m., mm-hmm. 5 a.m. or whatever, up in the comedy condos and stuff. And Mark Gross would fucking wake up in the morning after smoking a pack of cigarettes the night before and drinking all night long and go running. Like six miles. Not like a mile. Like, I'm going to go run it. He would run like six fucking miles. I'm not proud of that, but 
it, it was sounds, amazing. I think, I think that's something to tout. It uh, was amazing. Yeah. I was impressed every time, and then I would still, all of us would still be like sleeping. She was like, out. <laughs> 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 wait for my tap water to be ready. <laughs> me I would there. eat something in the morning and then sleep until three or four in the afternoon because I knew I had to be up at the club again mm-hmm. the next night. So I would like sleep until the afternoon and then go to the club and be like, what? It's 11 o'clock. It's like middle of the day for me. Yeah. Those were good times. Those though. Well, everything yeah. closed yeah. late in the Midwest. Like it, everything closed like three a.m. Yeah. So yeah. we would get off work. Like I bartended. I'd get off oh, work, yeah. and then and you go drink. Go out. Yeah. And I'd have like three hours to drink, and then at least, yeah. and then you find the place where you go afterwards, where everybody goes. Of course. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, you went from being a road comic, which is a very right. big deal, anyway, mm-hmm. to working in network. Right. And you, if you can tell us a little bit about that transition. And then later on, we're going to do just like 20 minutes about actually working in network and we're going to get into yeah, that yeah, yeah. people. But Absolutely. right now, just the transition of that. For yeah. Um, so I was, uh, I was at some point, like I said, I was, I was a comic and I go, this is great. This is what I want to do. Blah, blah, and, I, and which I, I still think of myself as a comic who's just had a really long writing job because yeah, that's yeah. just the way I think of myself. But, um, and I'll always be a comic at, at heart, but, uh, but I started, I was always writing, like I was writing scripts on the road, you know, yeah. like, um, and so I was, uh, but then I started to take it seriously. Like I go, I think what happened was I got married and then, uh, you know, my wife was ultimately got pregnant, Yeah. uh, which you is, don't an, have to which is another story. <laughs> my wife got pregnant. We know how that one I ended. Had to, I had to put my thing in her. It's kind of embarrassing to mention, but I, we were naked. And we all someone, know how that uh, happens. No, but every time someone talks about I have a kid, I immediately think about th- them having sex. So do I. Do you? Yes. I thought about my grandparents. I'd be like, did wow, you? you guys you guys did it a bunch of times and I, had all I these kids. I walked in on my grandparents. Did you really? Sex. I have a great walk in on my parents' story. Oh, I don't think you I tell ever yours. told tell my it. mom this. Do though. it. Let me hear it. She listened to and the podcast? they had a waterbed. Your grandparents? <gasps> Good for oh, them. Yeah. Do you want to tell it or you want to tell it? Well, I just, you know, you I'm can't set it up and not and tell it. And I go it. in and they're in my grandpa's on top of mm-hmm. my grandma. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Like, He's not lazy. That's nice. no, right. he was working it. Right. And I was like, bless their hearts. are both gone. <laughs> and right. I was like, can I come sleep with you? Like I had no yeah. idea what was yeah, happening. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh. Yeah. of course. Did they I let get you? right in the middle <laughs> of the waterbed. Oh, man. Night, night. Oh, right, you know, my grandma, my grandma was like, Jesus Christ. Right, you know, my grandma was like, she was just like, cuddly and like, yeah, yeah my grandma. She's like, I'm uh, I love that story. Just trying to get back to my book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you think anyway. they, this is two person, do you think they had finished or do you think they were in the process? No, I think they were in the process. Oh, okay. Well, that's so a sad story. Well, she, it's sad for him. She's fine. No wonder why grandpa got up and went. Yeah, went to the bathroom <laughs> and pulled it for a half an yeah. hour and came back in. All right, I'm no. sorry, mother, if you're no. listening to this. Oh, That's a good it happens. Well, they're gone now, so it's well, right. yes. they're probably in here. It's fine. I'd like to think that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What is yours? My grandma's so, like, can you tell yours? No, it's not. A, it's not a great story. Okay. Uh, I was. My parents never locked their door. I was dating this girl in college. We're driving by uh, the house, and I go, "This is my house. I don't want you to meet my parents." And she was very like. <gasps> No, I don't want to be, no. Like she was super embarrassed about that. And I go, just come up. So we did this thing where we would ring the bell. Then you open the door as you walk in. Like ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Hey. Just because so people you know you're coming. I give them a five second heads up. and then you, But you just walk in. It's your house. Yeah, so yeah. I walk in and the, the lazy boy was right in the middle of the, the living room. And my mom, oh, I shouldn't be telling you this story. <laughs> my mom and dad were having sex in this chair. Right, it's a true oh, story. Good for them. Yeah, that's what I say. It, it wasn't sure. like in a bed or anything. It was no, like- right in the and my mom jumps up and I just see her naked body go pew, like bolts into the bedroom and then my dad's just sitting there in the chair. 
With his stuff out. Right. With his, you know. Because he's like, you walked into my right. space. Right. And he's just sitting there with and he looks. With your girlfriend. And I'm sitting there with her and we're both. And then my dad just goes. Then he crossed his legs. <laughs> and he, <laughs> picked, he picked up his cigar and he just goes. And that was it. That's awesome. He just crossed his legs fantastic. to hide his boner, and then he he smoked a, a, a cigar and just sat and there like, and contemplated. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys stay Becky. the whole time though? We kept Did dating. Did you decide up. you were gonna have dinner and like stay the whole right. day? And no, they, you're like I'm finishing this. Shit. With an apron and cigar, and I shut the door, and it was never brought up again. Never brought it up until now on this podcast. Well, do you know that I ran down the hallway? I did. My dad came home from work early and I was changing after school and the home phone rang and I was in my underwear and I ran down the hallway to get the phone because nobody was home. No one was ever home. My dad walks in the front door as I'm running down the hallway and it was carpeted and I I like bra Mm. off. Everything and I you got big boobies too. Boobs. Yeah. yeah, and I was running. And I was like, Ooh! and I just grabbed him, and like I slipped and fell in the hallway. And my dad was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like he closed his eyes, and I was like, oh, God, oh. so I basically ran down the hallway. And that's naked. all right. I have a okay. lot of seeing people naked stories too. Yeah, we can now go on. And on. Think we, yeah, we're not. We that's do. another episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, all right, let's get so, back. so I'm sorry. So my daughter <laughs> was on her way, and so I was like. Uh, you know, I need to, you know, you start thinking because I don't want to be on the road. First of all, you're on the road 52. There was a year. I did two years on the road when I knew you yeah. where I never went home for two years. Like I, I was just lived on the road for two years straight. And uh, that's when I was going, um, I got to get Montreal. Like I get to Montreal. Yeah, I remember Festival. that. I, remember and I was like, that's my goal. I'm going to lock in. So anyways, but I couldn't live like that anymore. And I was like, I don't want to be the guy that's gone all the time. So I started writing more seriously. I started taking it more seriously. And I wrote a couple of terrible specs. And my joke with my agent now is. Um, you know, I sent one of these spec scripts to her and uh, she had seen me on stage somewhere and, and she was, she said, send us something. So I sent two scripts out. Here's an inspiring story to young writers, hopefully. So I sent one out to this guy, uh, this old tiny agent, and then one to this lady whose name happens to be Nancy Josephson, who's now at WME, which is where I am. But she, at the time she was at, oh God, where were we then? I don't remember. Somewhere that became Endeavor and then became WME. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She always took me with her. But um, I sent her with her. Yes. Well, That's yeah, I was happy. Loyal, yeah. I, I'm very super loyal to her. Like, I, anyways, but I sent it to her, and the guy, I called the guy, and he goes, "This is a tough note to give, but uh, you're not funny." He goes, "You're just not funny. The script, it's not. You should write drama or something. I don't know if you should even write." Gross. He's like, "You just," need, and I'm going, "Really?" And I'm like, "God, I just did the Tonight Show a couple of times, and I've made earned every penny since college out of making people laugh." But this guy was like, "You're not funny." You're not a funny person. And you're I go, like, that's why you're a tiny right. agent. Yeah. <laughs> he had a hair piece. He <laughs> Thank was a, you, John Yoder. Anyways. But, and then Nancy reads it and she calls me and we were in Mexico at the time, my wife and I, and she goes, yeah, we, we love it. We wanted, you know, and then I went back and I reread the script. This is within the last few years. And my joke with her is I go, I have less respect for you now as an agent. Because <laughs> you picked me up. Because you that. picked me. And she goes, yeah, I go, I don't, I used to have this huge respect for you. And then I read this and I go, why would you even yeah, yeah, want yeah. the script's a piece of shit? And she goes, I didn't see where you were. I saw where you were going. Yeah. You know? Smart woman. All right. So anyways, that was that. So, uh, you know, that that was sort of the beginning. And then I, I ended up, I was writing for another comic who we talked about before, Rodney Carrington. Yeah. And um, I wrote a lot of his his special and his music and things like that. And then, um, you know, he had, uh, he was at Capitol and I was on Capitol Records as well as a, as a, as a comic. And so uh, we, when he got an overall or a, a holding deal at, at ABC... I co-created the, the pilot with him and and uh, this guy named Rick Schwartzlander and and uh, 
Damon Wayans at one point was in on it and all this other stuff. But and Don Rio and all these guys. But anyways, but that was the start for me. And we were lucky because the show got picked up. It went on the air, which is in- insanely fortunate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was the beginning for me, you know. And then once you get, you know, you have something like that happens. People are like, oh, maybe this guy knows what he's doing, which yeah. I didn't. But it worked out. So. And you went on from Rodney to was um, Mike and Molly next or what? what came no, next I was, uh, I, I guess I was writing for, now that I think about it, I was writing for Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher on the road oh, yeah. as a comic. I remember, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then Rodney came, I guess. And then uh, I was staffed on a show called Gary and Married with yeah, yeah. Jay with Moore. Jay. yeah. And uh, Paula Marshall, who's lovely, and yeah. a wonderful actress. And uh, that show did did pretty well. It was on a few, I've never been on a show that, that, you know, didn't, that went less than, uh, two seasons until this last year. So I guess that doesn't count anymore. But anyways, but, uh, and then I went on to Mike Amali and we were there for six years and I was lucky to know this one. But I met James Burroughs on, on Gary and Married, which was a huge break. And Jimmy started taking me on other shows. Like he would bring me to other shows. Yeah. And that was a huge, James Burroughs, by the way, is a legendary. Cheers, everything. Yeah. Friends, fr- friends right, everything. everything. Amazing. So, um, by the way, listen to his book if you can because it's, it's so read good. His book. I don't read books, but I, I listen, listen to his book. To it's lot, so yeah. good. I've listened to it like three times. Yeah, you know what so I love good. about Jimmy's book? Because I, I know him personally. Like, it's yeah. weird to know someone and then listen to them. But he goes, uh, you can hear him when you go, all right, so, uh, you know, I'm on, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, Mary Tyler Moore and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then you can tell, like, they needed to go back and, and dub something in that wasn't yeah, right. Yeah, and well. he goes, and then I go to it, and then you hear this. And I told Mary, <laughs> I was out of blah. It's like, like he Jimmy, he, he just didn't go back in. And he was like, ah, I already did it. I'm not, I don't need a I'm not doing it again. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so some other clearly not Jimmy voice is there. It's really, yeah, yeah. I love that about the book. But anyways, okay. but that was really fortunate. It was very, I was, I've been very, very lucky. And I learned a lot from Chuck. Like I was a joke writer for a long time. Like I knew jokes and I knew how to write funny stuff, but I didn't understand story. And Chuck mm-hmm. taught me what story actually is. Chuck Laurie. Chuck Laurie. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I sat in the chair next to him for, you know, whatever, hundred and however many episodes we did, 130 yeah. or whatever. And I just studied him and I was like, it was like a free college. It was like, I would have yeah. paid to get what I got from Chuck. But luckily it was a show that ended up syndicating, which we still continue to make money from, which is nice. But he, it was story, like funny is funny, but story is the most important thing mm-hmm. because if the audience doesn't care, no matter how good the jokes are, if the audience yeah. doesn't care about the story of the characters, they're not going to yeah. keep tuning in. So you've always been really good at that, though. Like you always have been about story, even the like you were saying the podcast or story or things that you listen to, because you love the human stories. And even way back in the day, we would all just sit around and talk and whatever. And you were always so attentive, and you're just a really good listener. You can tell that you're listening when you make people in the room feel like they're really important, which is very cool. But you also, you can tell that you're taking everything in and you're a nice person. So when people talk about networking in the industry and stuff, it's always a bad word or whatever. And it really isn't because this is proof of for you in front of you. Mark Gross has been networking by showing up, doing the work, doing the research, also being talented, happens to be, but watching and learning from the people around him and, and creating really good relationships, which then has taken you. People like to work with you. People like to be around you. That's oh, huge. Sorry, what did you just say? I don't, doesn't I'm matter. kidding. Well, I'm joking. Because I, I was joking about not listening. I'm joking. That's very kind of you, Mel. That's very, very inc- insanely flattering. Um, yeah, it's, well, you know, also when people talk anywhere, whatever you're doing, like I always look at it as a... You know, when you're in the, a writer or an actor or whatever you're doing, you should always study people and there's always something to, to get from every single person and it comes yeah. and bring, bring it with you. So I, I do it from a selfish standpoint more than anything where I'm going, how can I, 
It's like adding a new golf club to your bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How can yeah, I rip a off your tool in your toolbox? Right. That's succubus the same and, like, thing. Trying to steal mm. And I think essence. what I'm what I'm even gauging, and I don't know you that well, but from all of that is that you kind of like just trusted, like you were saying, the process. Um, you went out there, you put yourself out there, you did the work and trusted that it would work out or not. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter because you just felt compelled that this was what you had mm -hmm. to be doing. I mean, as you yelled at the the roofing guy, mm -hmm. like, why aren't you doing comedy? In his mind, in his mind. Mm -hmm. I don't think you really are. No, I'm picturing oh, you did. the real. It's You're an idiot. It's why aren't you doing stand up? And the guy's <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Fixing um, your house, asshole. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I, I need that message right now, honestly. Okay. It's, well, here's what nobody wants to hear. Uh, but it's fa it's f you have to have faith. <laughs> oh, you wanted to hear that? Yeah. No, here's what no. you don't want to hear. Nobody wants to hear that. Ultimately, it comes down to faith. But uh, you have to have faith in the because what else is there? And when you go, there's nothing else that's going to make me happy. This is it. You have no choice but to it's have true. faith. Mm -hmm. But the people who go, well, this doesn't look like it's working out. I'm hell with this, and they quit or whatever. You know, there's it opens up a new spot and it increases yeah. your odds, that kind of thing. But more importantly, it's like you have to. That's what I mean when I say you have to. Have, it's you have to hope that something is is going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it and it will ultimately it, it does. But you have to hang in there. There's just something you know not to get all mystical, but it's like every time I'm like kicked in the nuts and I'm like, well, that's it for me. I'm done. If I if you hang in there, something always comes. It just asked, always comes. Just in you. I think that's the thing. Is like from when you were little, you didn't understand how people weren't just doing this. You saw Carson and you were like, I don't understand. So I feel like there's certain people and you have to decide that for yourself if it's just in you. I don't have I don't have the ability to do anything else. Right. Like I'm yeah. a really good bartender, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. I'm not a good mixologist. Like I'm not innovative or anything, but I could bartend the rest of my life. But I don't have the ability to do anything else well except for this shit. Right. So I either figure out how to do it or... That's, I, do you silence. ever look at do you ever look at jobs sometimes and go I, I do I do and you're just like no fuck I yeah. can't no <sighs> shit like it makes my it made it makes my vagina hurt a little bit it does well, me like, too like, I really like in my insides I'm said, like this me is just too <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> her vagina reacts my tie hurts um, but no but you do have to hang in there you you gotta hang in there and just and do it sure. and nobody you know like I said and for every great success story there's you know a hundred things that didn't work out but i guarantee you this the people who did work out were the ones who didn't lose Stop. lose faith how is the balance working because being at network mm -hmm. at your level is not easy right it is very time consuming and you have a lot i'm sure you feel like you have a lot of people um I almost said writing on you. That's not a thing. Uh, but people waiting on you. People, you are in charge of a lot of people and their jobs and all these things. Like, how do you balance at your level family and work? Uh, it's a great question. I, I, I guess uh, for a long period of time, I was like, my focus has to be success at work. Otherwise, yeah. the family doesn't, you know. My daughter's going to say goodbye to all of her friends. We're going to move to Silmar. I don't know why I'm picking Silmar. Well, because it sucks. It's, it, yeah, it's it not sucks. great. I'm Silmar sure isn't awesome. great. I've never been there. I don't know. It's not fantastic. It's all right. Really but I would always think like that. And that would motivate me. Fear motivated me a long time. And so I, I kind of, I don't want to say I neglected my family, but I was like, I have to absolutely do this. And if mom is more of a presence in my daughter's life, that's just what it's going to be. And, it's, yeah. it's, you know, so that's what I did for a long time. Um, and I, you know, I was doing, I was on, I just came off, I did, um, three overall deals at CBS, which is basically 
you are staffed on a show while you are also developing and creating shows. Okay. And I was on a two-year contract to do that. And I go, all right, but that's like every moment of your life that you're not sleeping, you're working. Even on the weekends, I'd be like, you know, so I wasn't, you know, that's just the price I paid. Then I did another one. Then I did one more. So it was six years of overall deals. And then now I was like, I got to a point where I go, I don't need to, you know, my daughter's home for one more year, you know, this year and next year. So I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. So I go... I'm not trying to make up for lost time because I'm I'm happy for, for what I did. Yeah. And got you know, I wrote I sold six shows in seven years. That's pretty yeah. good, you know. Um, it's, pretty it's really fucking good. Yeah. And she's incredibly inspired by you because she gets to be in that in that environment and see how hard you work. And she's also a very good director. Yeah, thank you. And she's and she's she really she's is. she yeah, she said to me one day one of my favorite quotes of her, she was a little girl, she goes, Daddy. Because she go on a lot and she sees me, we're just jacking around, we're giving each other shit, these yeah. writers just busting each other's balls and stuff. And and she'd be like, Well, this looks like a fun this is a cool place to work and you're on you know it's cool and so i think at a young age she kind of was like oh you that's normal person. right yeah she's like well this is normal people just do right. this all the time right. yeah, yeah. do you anything else and then she one day i was driving and she goes hey dad i think i figured out what i want to do i'm like all right what is it she goes uh i think i want to be a writer and she goes but if that doesn't work out i, I think i'd be okay directing <laughs> <laughs> Made Those me girls. right, That's which right. I love right. that she thought the totem pole <laughs> was the thing that I did right. versus the obviously, but yeah. So that was, but anyways. But now I'm, 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 and now I'm to the point, and I'm very lucky to get to a point where I only do stuff that I want to do right now. So the shows that I'm doing now, the stuff that I'm doing now, the I'm not just taking, I'm not just going. What's the best thing out there that I could get on? I'm kind of being more, you know, like what, you know, life short and what, what do you what want? Time, to do? What do I want to do? And I'm not working seven days a week and that kind of thing. So that's sort of where I'm at now. And then we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, but it's a, you know, you have to just constantly keep, you know, in order to get there, you just have to keep grinding, man. There's just, there's no, I don't know what I'll say other than just, if you want to write, write. You yeah, should be yeah. writing, write. If you want to write, write. That's it, you know? That's exactly right. Stop yeah. looking at me. Just fucking listen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so anyways, but that's that's the the sort of, and I'm happy to be where I'm at now. And I'm very fortunate, very happy. And whatever the next thing is, you also have to go, when something sucks, when something falls apart, it's a good thing because whatever the next thing is was the you know I mean it's yeah. the old you're adage, room, right? right. Like yeah, that's exactly. That it's so hard to see coming. it that way when it it's is. happening to you, but yes, it's it true. Is. Did you want to say something? No, oh, I'm you pointing at her. Yeah, pointing at Anastasia because that's what it is. Yeah. She's in yeah. development and she's yeah incredible. Anyway, um, we'll talk about that later too. Uh, thank you, Marcos. That was thank really you. Wonderful. No, you guys, it's it's a, it's a, it's a blast anytime. Bye. Thank you, Marcos. Wow, you made it through the whole episode. We really appreciate that. And you know what else we would really appreciate? If you went to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and rate and review Moms Are Too. It really helps us so much and lets other future listeners get an idea of what they're getting themselves into. That's right. Moms Art 2 is produced by Rob Adler with Brooklyn Frequency. Music by Kai Sample. 